Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast, because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA Podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show we're going to be looking ahead to Butler's Bridge in the Ulster Intermediate Championship semi-final this Saturday afternoon in Ederney in Fermanagh. Uh, they're taking on Steelstown and to look ahead to the game. Delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celt. Paul, I, I was a bit surprised. You you sent me on a nugget of information. Steelstown are going to go in pretty big favours here. Yeah, well, they're, what we always do is when, when the odds come up, so so I'm not double guess, uh, double guess myself. I send you a message and say, what price would you back this team at? And that's how you know it's value before you've seen the thing. Yeah. And you said... Four to five. Four to five. So you, you were expecting the bridge to be shade of odds on there, yeah. value at four to five. So you're going to have to be putting the, the Jeep and the house and, and the dog and everything else on uh, the bridge at three to one. Three oh, to it. one is, is a massive price, uh, I think, in this one-off game. Winter football is going to be close, you'd imagine. Um, and Steelstown are in at two to seven. Now, if you remember back, Mullerhorn were about three to one as well the time they played the Derry Champions mm. um, in the semi-final. That was Glen Ullen. Yeah, or was it? Or oh, was no, Banner. 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 Um, but that game went to extra time, so I remember it, and so it wasn't a winning bet. Yeah, they did win the game. So I think the bookies are disregarding the bridge very likely there. I, I'm surprised at the odds, to be honest. And if I remember rightly, I think Banner beat the Monaghan champions. Oh no, sorry, Antrim champions actually beat the Monaghan champions that year. Um, coming through to beat them in the first round. So I don't know why Banner were were so strong favourites, but I can part of me can understand when. When Steelstown have beaten Dunamine, that that puts them in favourites. But I didn't think they'd put them in at such heavy favourites. It's it's a little bit of a surprise because Unreal were no bad side. No, they weren't a bad side at all. Like um, I suppose the bridge worked a bit better on them. Darren McCarthy said to me the other night when I spoke to him that he felt neither team really played well that day. The way played as well mm. as they can because I I had thought that they had, but um, I suppose they're probably looking at it saying. If information is limited, you can only go on the information you have, and they know that Steel Sound have won two games, and that's probably a big thing. They they beat the Donegal champions thirteen points to one eight in the first round in Letterkenny. Um, actually, that game was ref by Connor Donina here, and then they they turn around and beat the Monaghan champions in, in Celtic Park four thirteen to two seven. So, the, you know they've, they've they've done well there in those two games. Like mm. to beat Monaghan and beat Donegal is is good going. Whereas. So there's more form in the book, I suppose, as you say, in horse racing, and, and that's probably what the bookies are looking at. I probably would have reckoned that Steelstown might have started favourites, but I'm very surprised by those odds myself. Yeah, definitely. Look, you said there you spoke to Dara. Let's hear a little bit of that conversation. Okay, so I'm joined now on the line by the Butler's Bridge manager, Dara McCarthy, looking ahead to the Ulster Club semi-final against Steelstown from Derry uh, this weekend. I suppose it's a nice ring to it, Dara, to say you're heading into an Ulster Championship semi-final. something to look forward to um, I haven't looked at it as a semi-final I'm looking at you know at the, at the Brian Oaks and that's the ch- challenge that we're looking forward to uh, 
seen a couple of their games and they're really quite a good team and it's going to be a, a great challenge for us which we're really looking forward to. Yeah, I was going to ask you that about um, doing your analysis of the opposition. We were talking about it on the podcast earlier that uh, obviously you're not going to know them as well as you would know all the teams in Cavan. So does that pose a few challenges for you, getting video and, and really getting stuck into it? And I hope they come after you know, have to miss that because I haven't seen her in a few evenings. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, no, just looking at the face last week that the streaming is great because you can you can purchase them them games and uh, have a look at them and yeah, that's what I've been doing and I'm sure you know they'll probably do the same and you'll get to know the players as much as you can in them couple of games. But no, it's not the same as playing in cabin there where you nearly know lads personally. As well as you know, on the field, on the field and off the field, and you probably know a little bit more about their strengths and weaknesses and that. But look, it'll be the same for them. So you know, there's no one getting an advantage there. And looking back on the the game against Unreal, uh, the Darren champions, like the bridge, the bridge really hit form that day, and then withstood a comeback in the end. So uh, if you had to evaluate that game, like. Is it any different than what we saw in the last stages of the Intermediate Championship in Cavan? Was it a higher standard, did you feel, or was it a different type of game? I think it was, I think it was probably a, it was a perfect example of a first round of an All-Star Championship where the two teams just kind of went in and, you know, played and both teams wouldn't have been happy with the performances there. And, and I know ourselves, we reflected on it and we saw a lot of areas where we could have improved on And in the last week, training has gone really well. I see I see a different attitude there. I, I see a couple of weeks ago, coming up the React game, it was kind of first round of Ulster, bit of apprehensive and, you know, bit of the unknown. And the same for us as management, like, you know what I mean? Known, like, we thought we had a homework done on the, on the React team, but... Really, we, we I don't think we got the we got the uh, information across to the lads that we that we as clear as clear as we would have liked. So we look we reflected on our own performance there, and we probably would have been disappointed. But then the players as well. I know that wasn't the same performance that they put in in, in the latter stages of the championship. But this last week has been really, really, really a good week. It, I, I really think there's a hunger there now with the lads. They know now that it's the next round. What Dan did at the weekend has only really helped us, you know, and driven us on to, to, to try and get uh, get through this game on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Dan there, because obviously that has given everyone in, in Cavan a lift to see a Cavan team going out and, and uh, getting to an Ulster final. And... Uh, in, is that something that you feel will, will give the bridge that wee bit of extra push that you know that the Cavan teams can go and do this? Yeah, well, the first thing, I mean, you have to congratulate Dan and the management and, and the players especially. And I'm sure it's a great lift for that community considering all this phenomenon in the last couple of years. And I really admire the players for, for, you know, maybe bringing a little bit of happiness to them families. You know, even if it was only for them a couple of hours on Saturday, I know there's a, a friend of mine and he's he's ill at the minute and I know he was quite happy uh, with that result Saturday. So, yeah, no, fair play to him. It has given him a lift and it has, of course, it'll always lift and the fact that we are still in it, I suppose maybe a couple of years ago when Balanya would have gone through the run or when Swan and Barr were going through their run, there was probably other club teams were probably gone out of it at this stage. So, it's great to see that we have a chance this Saturday to you know, to do what Dan have done. But look, that won't be the focus. The focus will be on what the job we have to do Saturday, which is to turn up. And yes, we, we, we uh, definitely will be um, happy
happy for Dan and that, but our our, our job is to, to, to go and, and replicate what they did on Saturday, really. And uh, have you, do you have any injury concerns going into the game, or have you a full team? No, full team, bar Colin, of course, Colin Dugdale, um, he had a surgery there a couple of weeks ago, so he, he'll be out. Um, but bar that, Jack Graham is a long-term injury as well, but no, clean bill of health, bar that. Brilliant. And this this Steel Sound team, what sort of uh, an outfit are they? Are they a free scoring team or the dogged team or what do you expect from them? Uh, they're, they're look at their dogged and their free scoring. <laughs> but they're quite good. Look at them. They, they, they really they, they defend the numbers and they get back and they tackle hard, but they break a pace. They've a lot of pace in their team. They've um, a couple of county players as well. There's a lot that was with that Derry team this year. He's a young flit, Dunica Gilmore. Um, he, he usually plays. The seven, they retired that number five jersey just if you're at the match they retired the five jersey so the 17 is the jersey they use for five that was that's why they're called Brian O's I don't know if you're yeah it was a young lad died a few years ago so so, so he's quite a good player that Gilmore fella there's um fella there McCarran yeah another good lad uh, Derry senior footballer again very pacey there's Forrester and the lads inside then the uh, McMonigal fella who played with the under 20s this year very very pacey and, and quite comfortable they, they know look at they, they, they were betting the final last year as well so they have a bit of experience there they know their game plan Hugh McGrath the manager he's, he's a good game plan in, in place there and they're, they're very adaptable again a bit like on React fellas can play in different positions I know Forrester played back in the half back line there in the final and you know, quite did quite look quite comfortable there. The fellas that can slot into the full back line, you know, McCarran plays at twelve, but he can go in full forward. So look at there's there's lots of there's lots of uh, areas where they're very very strong, and we just need to be on our game. But but definitely looking forward to it. You know, we like I know they have lots of strengths, but we're we're looking forward to this challenge to, to maybe ask a couple of questions there and see how we get on. I suppose from. Butters Bridge point of view, preparation seems like it's been good. Getting that first win under your belt in Ulster, getting, as you said last week on the podcast, you know, the first round, if you lose it, very few people will turn around and say, oh, well, it's bad season. But, you know, they'll, they'll take your county champions. But when you win the first round, all of a sudden, you know you're in the middle of a, a new competition. You've got a new opportunity. And the Bridge Boys seem to have reacted well to that. Yeah, well, according to Dara, he says that training has been top class in the last week or so um, but as he said there he's more or less got a full clean bill of health in the squad bar Colin Dugdale who had to get mm. surgery and Jack Graham who's a long term injury other than that and they've got a big panel so they're probably looking at over well over 30 players that are fit and raring to go so that's a big thing for them as well and I think a lot of their players are growing as the competition goes on through the, yeah. through the county championship and then into the Ulster game I think th- you can see improvement there mm. uh, so I, I think the bridge personally I would imagine they're in a very good place here well, if if you look at it, the bridge are going through a number of things that previous generations in Butler Bridge didn't have. Obviously, winning the intermediate championship, having unbelievable facilities, having thirty at training sessions so you can play fifteen v fifteen. That's something the bridge would never be used to. But now they they have that. And talking to Dara, I've just had a conversation with him actually over the weekend, and he was saying that that look at you know it's not just. The, the the 15 players or the five subs he said the next 10 boys are chomping at the bit here he said there's there's guys that are after 
putting their hand up for this game that literally hadn't a hand up all year. But now we've tried them in different positions in some cases or in the positions that they've been playing. They've just stepped up and said, you know what, there's a new opportunity here. I'm going to go for it. And the importance of those extra 10 cannot be underestimated in terms of, of, of playing games like in preparation for us to championship. I know when, when with Mullahorn bringing it back again in 2018, with Mullahorn, what we done was we asked, we identified some of the players in the opposition that were, were main threats. We asked players from clubs around the county to come in to make up 15v15, 15 15, some of them in the image of the, the type of player we were coming up against. So, like, but to have the 30 players available within the club is a huge advantage to them and, and, and Butler's Bridge will have that and everybody you can ask a few boys to come in and, and they'll come in with a heart and a half but will they really be chomping at the bit will they be willing to bust themselves to, to, to win a ball when they're doing you a favour really more mm-hmm. than anything they won't they're going to do their best but it's not going to be to the point well, that you can't replicate that as well then, like. no that's it that's it and, and it has to be there so what Butler's Bridge have now is 30 players available to train and to work hard, and that, that's a big, big plus for them. Um, I, my, my big worry though, I, I like you said, like four to five, I had it back to bridge. You know, three to one though. The the bookmakers are are they they see something in Steelstown that maybe look. I haven't seen anything in Steelstown. I haven't seen them, so I don't know. I was speaking to somebody who's at the the Dunamine game, and the impression I got was that they were just bitterly disappointed at how poor Dunamine played in in, in their own form that Dunamine were very very poor but sometimes that's just a case of what you're let play you know so this is uh, I, I, I think we'll, we'll hear from Michael McMullen because um, the Gaelic Life journalist gave us a little bit of an insight into what Steelstown were like as, as he done last week for us with, the, with the Desert Martin Okay, so to look ahead to the Steelstown versus Butler's Bridge game, I'm delighted once again to be joined by Gaelic Life's Michael McMullen. Um, again, I suppose similar sort of stuff here, Michael. Steelstown, I don't know a lot about them. Where, where exactly are they or have they been a traditional intermediate club? Steelstown and uh, Derry City, uh, they were formed in 1987, actually by, by a few people from outside the city, including Anthony McGurk, who would have been an all-star with Derry way back in the 70s. And uh, a progressive club, um, they had a few players that played on Derry minor teams. Uh, Paul O'Hay played in an All-Ireland minor winning team in 2002. Um, he's now the chairman, I think, of the club recently. Uh, Marty Dunn, the current goalkeeper, was on that panel. Um, and then Neil Forrester, who's the captain, Mickey McKinney, who's sort of an impact sub, played in a, a minor team that got a, an All-Ireland final in, in sorry, 2007. Ben McCarn more recently, has played for Derry Minor. So they've a sprinkling of players that have played underage for Derry. The story for Steelstown, um, they're named after Brian Oak McKeever, who tragically passed away at, at a young age. Um, he was a tremendous prospect. Um, and he, he would have been, he would have celebrated his 30th birthday this year. Um, I remember doing a piece uh, for, for the local paper about it. And so that's where the club are in terms of youth. They are, they're a young club, but they never won an adult championship or, as I learned recently, an adult league in their whole history until this year. They got to three intermediate finals in the, you know, within, I think, 11 years, I think it is, and lost all three. 
and they lost him narrowly. So you're thinking, are they just going to be the nearly men forever? Um, and it was nearly a case of nearly every time you're writing a preview for a club championship game involving Steelstown, you nearly always had the line where Steelstown are hoping to win their first ever championship. Mm. And you nearly get fed up writing it until that moment comes when they won it. And when the final whistle went that day in the final, you know, this year, I remember going over to shake Neil Forster's hand and, and he, he just grabbed me and hugged me as tight as he possibly could. And he says, Mal, is this real? You know, <laughs> just, you know, that real, is this real? So, you know, the occasion that day was just, was just brilliant for them. And then they're in an Ulster series and they have beaten Clachanili, who would have been relatively experienced at senior club level in Donegal and Donagh Moyne, who were a fancy team from Monaghan. And to be fair, last weekend, the win over Donagh Moyne was thoroughly uh, emphatic. They were three points down at half time and came back to win, I think it was 4.13 to 2.7. Mm. Um, I, I commented to the manager Hugh McGrath after the game Hugh I would love to have heard your, your halftime team talk and he, he just says Mal there had been a few bleeps in it so you maybe <laughs> would have been better not hearing it so they turned that around um, and Neil Forrester in, last week when I was talking to him he says we need to find our best performance of the year because they saw Donald Moyne as, as the biggest challenge they had and you know 413 to 27, like it's 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 a massive one. It's absolutely huge. And 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 from what you're saying of their experience through the club championship, they very easily could have gone out and lost the first round because they've been trying to win that intermediate for so long. Sometimes it's hard to refocus on a new task, but they, they've done it very, very quickly. They have, and they probably won't. I can't remember their exact scoring statistics just right now, but they won every game comfortably until. They met uh, Castle Dawson in this quarterfinal. Yeah, the quarterfinal. And Castle Dawson had beat them in two finals before that. And they, that was their tightest game. And then their final was against Greenlock. They beat them in last year's final. And to beat them in the final was 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 a big achievement. Steel Sound spoke about how much possession they gave away the previous year. They watched it uh, two or three times coming up to it. Neil Forrester spoke about they had something like 17 attacks in the second half and only scored a point, you know, and things like that. So it obviously hurt them. Um, they have a new manager in this year, Hugh McGrath, who would have been involved with a lot of them at, at youth level as well. But with there's there was no promotion in Derry this year and because of the COVID scenario and, and the county board separated league and championship. So Steelstown literally had a different team for every single league game they maybe had five changes every week it was like just nearly it, it sounded as if like a five-stage soccer whatsapp group who, who wants to play today the team changed that much you know and out of it they unearthed a few new players uh Oren fox a defender who came up and scored a point last week a young fellow morgan murray who was playing reserve football last year scored five goals and 11 points now in the championship so they found those players and the older players who've carried that baggage of defeat, they they sort of they were sort of the, now the foundation of the team. But the young fellas don't know defeat. They weren't involved in those finals. And whenever they were enjoying their pints in, in the Monday club after winning the championship, they were talking about, you know, when's the next time we're going to be in Ulster? 
because they're now in senior in Derry. So they probably know they're not going to be in the Ulster Club Senior Championship this time next year. You know, probably won't be. So they see this as this is our time to give it a go. And two ones out of two, it's, it's magical. The win over Dunamine is is absolutely huge, considering the pedigree that Monaghan teams have have brought to this intermediate championship over the last decade. They're nearly always there or thereabouts to win it or or make a final. So that that's an eye catching result. It certainly is. Um, and, you know, in the first half, they had six wides. And I think Donald Mine only had about three attacks. But out of those, there were two big long balls over the top of the fence. One resulted in a goal. And they all resulted in a penalty, which which was a goal as well. And Steelstown, I suppose, trudged off at half time, three points down, thinking, is that our time gone? Um, they brought on a fella, Shane O'Connor, at midfield. They won the throw-in, pumped a big high ball into the box, got a goal within 13 seconds. They had another goal five minutes later, and you can nearly just see the energy of them. Um, but like you talk about having a, a monkey off the back, winning that championship um, you know, did so much for them. I was even talking to a couple of the, the players' parents you know, after the game, you know, when they were saying, you know, it's, it's enjoyable going to these Ulster games. There's no pressure. Mm-hmm. When we went to that final against Greenlock, it was like, what happens if we lose here? You know, is our club going to be the nearly team forever? Um, so that, that's exactly where it is. And they've now got Butler's Bridge in the semi-final. Probably most people won't know a lot about them, but the state sound management will and their players will. But as a club, you know, in the weeks before Christmas, going to play in an Ulster semi-final, like, um, it's, it's great times for them. And... From the point of view of Derry as a county, the old thing where you need to harness the city and get more players out of the city. What better shop wonder do we have of a team going to play in an Ulster semi-final and with the club scene going at this time of year and there's no county, you're in the papers more, you're mm-hmm. in podcasts, you're on the live stream, you know, your photos are, are, are dodging around social media. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Stays Town's popular in Derry City and that has to help football in the city. Mm. It's it's a huge positive. It's absolutely massive. I'm just looking at the the four thirteen, and you're talking about them winning, um, you know, comfortably in most of their games throughout the championship. Butler's Bridge, they're a very high scoring team. They're averaging eighteen points, a little over eighteen points a game. Um, are Steel Town something similar? They are. They, they certainly are. Like their final was obviously very low scoring because of the fact that it was nearly like a game of chess where. They were playing green lock and it, it didn't matter if it was 1-0 or 2-1. The result was irrelevant. You know, mm. That old adage of by hook or by crook, that's what that was about. But park that, they're, they've been high scoring. And you know, the score 4-13, Neil Forster spoke about that being their biggest test. Like that's, that's just huge for them and it has to bring them confidence. And Hugh McGrath did say that, you know, the manager did say that... Um, Going into last weekend's game, he says, I can't see there have been many sweepers or, or much defensive stuff. So by the sounds of it, if if um, Butler's Bridge are coming with a similar angle, it's a day for the calculators and trying to work out the score again. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, 
Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. I suppose the, the history of the club you spoke a bit about with, with, with Dara there, but they, um, you know, in the middle of Derry and they... They, they were a club that could have very easily folded a number of years back. Like there was there was problems there, but now they've they've pushed on and they've they've started to 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 make inroads. And there's a huge buzz. I don't know if it's in the interview or it was off air. Michael was telling me there's a massive buzz in around the city around the Steelstown team. And you know it's 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 a positive story that they needed because in Derry you have up around Mahara Mahara felt that area, um, the Glen. You know we've all. That's the football area. That's the GA area. And they don't really have a good representation in the city. But Steelstown are that representation now. So for Derry, they're all behind this Derry team. They're all behind the, the Steelstown outfit, which is something that the Steelstown players wouldn't have experienced before. So it's going to be a, a, a very interesting one for them that they're going to have to... have to, uh, Buttersbridge going to have to, I suppose, bring their best game anyway. They're definitely going to going to have to cause them problems I just don't see even at intermediate level four better forwards or Steelstown having four forwards as good as what we see on the Butler's Bridge team mm, that's yeah. kind of my concern that's it like, I, know, I definitely think the odds like those odds at 3-1 to one would suggest there could be five or six points between the teams I don't think it'll be that I, I definitely don't think it'll be that I think possibly Steelstown with their two wins under the belt uh, deserve to be favourites going in here you'd have to say they've mm. beaten the Donegal and Monaghan champions so let's take off our cabin hat for a minute and they deserve probably to be slight favourites um, but 3-1 to one is not slight favourites that's overwhelming favourites in my book um, and I think that possibly the bridge have shown before that they can switch off a wee bit or they can their performance can dip like they dipped in the group stage when Port beat them they dipped in the quarter final against Bailiburn and they were lucky to come out of that now it wasn't luck in the sense that they didn't uh, get a real load of dodgy decisions or anything but they did get a bit of luck they had to go and create it but yeah. they did get a bit of luck and they rode their luck that evening but they still went and did it um, and th- I thought they, they turned in a, a good hour long performance in the semi-final against Collins, the same in the final against against Bally Hayes uh, they didn't do it then for the full hour against the Darren champions now we're nitpicking a bit here mm. because I mean you're holding them to an unbelievable standard I'd nitpick Forder I don't think they put in a full hour against Bally Hayes in, in the final I think they they started really well then Bally Hayes I thought kind of had a spell of control in the middle and yeah. then they, they finished well too that's true yeah that's true that's right because Bally Hayes they went, I think they went 8-4 up in that game and I remember thinking at the time or they were four up anyway. Mm. I remember thinking at the time they had been four up the year before against Ballin, yeah. And next thing Bally Hayes got back and I think maybe went a point ahead of half. Right. Um, yeah, so fair enough, yeah. But I do think we're, we're holding them to a very high standard with that analysis at the same time. Like if you look at the teams they've beaten, they've beaten um, Bailiwell, who are an excellent team, as it turned out. They've beaten Gohollins, they've beaten Ballyhays, they've beaten Unreal. They're on a win and run. Maybe that bit of a kick up the arse. You're going back a long way now to that group game against Temple Port and maybe that was probably what they needed back then. Against the Temple Port team we were coming off a big a big defeat and we were really fired up back then. Mm. So it's just a slight concern that we, we know that the bridge 
can tend to dip. They're not one of these teams that just go along at the same pace like an army slowly advancing. They're, they're not that type of team. They're a flamboyant team. They play ball they, and and they, their fortunes fluctuate wildly within games. That's why they're the best team in Cavan to, to go and watch. They're, they're brilliant. Uh, another thing about them is that we're into winter football now and if we're going to talk about stereotypes and the most basic analysis you say well you know a ball playing team which is what the bridge definitely are they're not a hugely physical team or they mm. haven't got a pile of six footers on the team you would imagine winter football is not, not not ideal for them but they showed against Unreak that they can play ball uh, no matter what the sources are and there's so many scoring threats and you take the likes of, of Keevan and Fintan O'Reilly uh, I think they're the sort of players that can play in any conditions because they're physically so strong and Keevan has got that low centre of gravity I think I think he'll win ball all day in any conditions and, and the same with a lot of them because they've got a great old good spirit at the back too like yeah well, the, the funny thing is that a few years ago it was a case that winter football was very much for the for the big brawly physical sort of player but I understand speaking to somebody else that what the Ulster Council when fixing these games and this is why this is in Ederney they look at the pitch is the pitch a good pitch and Kingsman Brefty was in great condition for for the Unreal game, you know, and 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 I think that that's what they're looking for now again is that Unreal or that Ederney uh, is it, it's a really good pronty pitch. It's it's elevated apparently and drains really quickly, uh, sand based pitch. So I think that while you, it definitely will slow you down a wee bit, it's not to the extent where. Mullerhorn played in Coot Hill against Breda, you know, that, yeah. that slowed you down like yeah, you, were, yeah. you were spinning all the time in that <laughs> one so it's a different I, 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 don't, I think it is a bit more of a level of, like, for me, Kilku don't win any Ulster titles back in the 90s in Ulster club mm. football because yeah. they're, they're not that big of a team, it's physically quite a small team but the, the standard of the pitches has got so much better that it's not as big a factor as it once was. Yeah, fair point. I, I think that the Ulster Council are short on venues at the minute because these Ulster club games have to be played at the county ground. And if you look at, let's say, in Cavan, I think we only have four designated county grounds, which is be Ballyconnell, Coothill, Breffney and, and Kingscourt. Mm. Uh, and I'd, I'd say it's the same around the county. Now, Monon seem to have quite a few because they play National League games in Blaney and Eskeen. Do you, right. do you used to play in Bally Bay so I presume it's still got county status uh, obviously Clonus as well and there might be even others in there somewhere in Monaghan Scottstown because they get a lot of National League games um, so I'd say they're, they're short on venues at the minute and the reason I say that is because the venue fixed for for Den and uh, and the Donegal Champions Downings is an absolute head scratcher and we, I know for a fact we would be going meant in this podcast if if then we're being brought to Celtic Park or somewhere like that for that game because it's the equivalent because then it's a half an hour from Tonus and the Donegal team have to go two and a half hours but the problem is the pitch in Oma is out of action they have a big That's Christmas right. market on it I think that there's working on the pitch in Ennis Killen That's right. they are short on venues yeah. uh, the athletic grounds has been used both Saturday and Sunday this weekend again so. there you go so that's, that's probably why the bridge are out in, in Ederney as well so uh, I'm looking forward to that I hear, I hear it's a super venue as well so I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I think we have a big weekend. Normally we'd be, I know f- from the point of view of the paper, you'd be looking to to uh, fill fill pages. fillers. Yeah, it'd be full of fillers, fillers mm-hmm. around the weeks of Christmas. But this weekend is going to be absolutely huge because um, you've got an under twenty final and a reserve final in the county. You've got two under twenty finals. Two under twenty finals is right. Yeah, and you've a reserve final and you've got the bridge, a huge Ulster game, and you've got then in a huge Ulster game as well. Mm-hmm. Could this be the year that Cavan gets two two clubs to the Ulster final? It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I, 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 
Are we going to try and call this one, Damien? It's you a know, bit of a stab in the dark. Indeed. Well, it, it's it, it's a huge stab in the dark. We haven't seen Steelstown. We can just look at figures on a on a on a website and say, okay, well, they beat Dunham Mine and they beat the Donegal champions and they beat them by X amount. So, you know, that that's all you can really take from it. But I, I think one thing's for sure: it's going to be high scoring. And even if which they will, Steelstown will set up defensively and counter attack. Michael told us that one there anyway. So like it's it seems to be a, a simple enough that template that all of the Derry teams are following. We've yeah. seen Glenn against uh, against Scotstown doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Um so there's gonna be no surprise in the way they play. It's just how well they can do it. And you'd imagine that they'll do it a little bit better than Desert Martin done it. But Butler's Bridge are a better team than then. You know, I I I'd just be slightly worried about the counter-attack game in Butler's Bridge. And, and can they stop them at source? Can they, can they not let them get that running game going if Butler's Bridge go on a high press or try to, try to you know, go man for man? Or will there be a slight twist where they just are a little bit more aware of the defensive part of the game while in possession? And if Butler's Bridge do that, then are they fundamentally changing what's brilliant about Butler's Bridge hmm. it's 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 a very you know obviously Darrow will have watched Steelstown videos the two of, of the two games so he'll be able to make a better assessment of, of what's the right thing to do here but I'm, I'm just curious to see going in do Butler's Bridge twist now at this point and, and, and slightly change knowing like 4-13 was that what you said it was they scored in against Dunamine yeah that's that's big scoring against a modern team hmm. that's really big scoring and that that does kind of scare me a little bit. So I'd I'd imagine that the Butler's Bridge defence are going to be really well tested here. And I think their forwards are going to score, you know, 13, 14, 15 times maybe. But is that going to be enough to, to get them over the line? That's, that's my slight concern here. Yeah, well, look, it's like, it's like it's like what you always say on the bridge. You're going in uh, if they keep a clean sheet to win the game. And yeah. I, I definitely think that'll be the case again this week. They're coming up against a team that's scored four goals the last time. They got it one, I think, in the or sorry, thirteen to one eight. They didn't get a goal in the. In the but you, you can be sure that Donegal team was probably the defense. the blackest of black defenses yeah. there. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I think the last probably we met of Donegal. I was talking to Donegal man, and he thought they were tactically got it all wrong that day as well so uh, and I think there was a big second half in that game as well so there's sure. probably a possibility that that Steelstown ran through them when, and maybe that's influencing the odds so, if I tip the bridge they're going to lose because we know my predictions this year this is the, <laughs> the Chinese year of the shite prediction for me so I'm going to go and tip Steelstown to allow you to tip the bridge there because you're on a good run yeah yeah look at I, I I'd, I'd take that one on. I'd okay, definitely take good. that one on. I'm I'd hope, I'm right. <laughs> I hope I'm right too. But I, d- I do think, uh, like, I'll go back to the first point. I think the forwards and the forward play that Butler's Bridge can, can produce. Like, I think Quivin is going to be a marked man, but that's no different than every other game he ever has ever gone out since he was 14 years of age. He's a marked man. Finton will be a marked man, but to a lesser extent. John Fitzpatrick will be a marked man. Paddy McPhillips... They're, they're, they're all scoring forwards. They're all lads that are going to cause problems. Liam McIntyre coming on now, you know, is going to give them another attacking option. I think Peter Connery is playing really well. Kieran O'Reilly is starting to show. Killian Leddy working exceptionally hard. They've got options. Like I, I just love the attacking ability. Even take it back into the half back line for for Butler's Bridge. I think that that's their 
that's the race and they've got to find that balance and, and, and continue with the balance that they found maybe but I just I wonder in game can they adjust to what Steelstown bring if it's something that's spectacular on the counter attack and that's where it'll just be really interesting I think Fergal Flanagan is going to be huge in this game because he has the experience he he can almost manage a game from the pitch and will he then realise mid-game, okay, well, this is what I need to do and, and, and take control of the situation. I think that's a, that's a huge, huge advantage for Butler's Bridge and, and the likes of Andy McConnell as well, who's playing out of his skin. He's another guy who's going to be able to read the situation and, and maybe shore up that defence a little bit more if needed at, at, you know, in-game. So, um, yeah, no, I think, the, I think the bridge can do it. I think, I think yeah. they're, they're, they're in a good position. If they keep it tight at the back, I yeah. think... I think Look, if if it turns into a shootout, probably suits the bridge too. But I think if they can keep, keep it tight at the back, they, they'll get a certain amount of scores. They, you, you said it; they'll score 13, 14, 15 times. They, they always do, and, yes, and they've played good teams. So, uh, fingers crossed. Best of luck to them. Okay, so folks, uh, that's the end of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Don't forget to check out our diehard service or our Cavan Lives. Um, podcast last week's Cavan Lives was Michael Harding um, an absolutely brilliant interview with, with Mark Farley um, no football talk on it at all but a really really interesting Cavan life um, and he tells stories better than 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 99% of us do but but he also talks about how as Cavan people we love to tell stories but a really really good interview there so head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan for that best of luck to Butler's Bridge to Den to them next weekend or next week we'll be talking about them on the podcast yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Cavan was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe and it's over the lap and Kevin are not buried yet. Kevin doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonough, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah!